Hi, this is Chris Foreman from Madness, and you're listening to the Stateside Madness podcast. <laughs> Hi there, folks out there. I'd like you to meet Tommy McGuire's combo. Hello, and welcome to the Stateside Madness podcast, the one and only podcast of the official Madness American fan service. I'm Lori, along with my co-host Polly, here to bring you news, reviews, and deep dives into the nutty sound of the British pop band Madness. to our very first live video podcast, Stateside Madness. I'm Lori. And I'm Polly. Polly's our bartender today. And uh, I kind of, I'm embarrassed. I tried to lip sync to the introduction and I forgot my own words. <laughs> oh, but thank you everybody for joining us. So this is going out live right now on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube. And we will be seeing your comments. And uh, we also do have the ability to put some of your comments on the screen if you guys have anything really cool you want to contribute. Oh, my gosh. I almost forgot. Happy New Year, Polly. This is our oh, first. Yeah. Uh... Happy, yeah. Happy New Year to you. So we, yeah. we did take a little bit of time off. We hope everybody appreciated or at least had a chance to listen to uh, the Christmas playlist. That's kind of the last thing we put out. But now we're back at it and ready to talk about some Madness videos. Yes. But before we do, those of you who listen to our podcast know we have a segment that we do called The Communicator. So uh, shall we start that real quick? I think we should. I think we should. All right. Uh, so first thing up, of course, it's our man, Nick Woodgate. His birthday was just recently, so we wanted to say a happy 60th, was it, to Nick? Yeah, 60 on January 2nd. Happy birthday, Nick. So Nick, Absolutely. as you guys know, good friend to the podcast. Uh, his brother, Woody, is the drummer of Madness. And Nick, a uh, very talented musician and songwriter in his own right. He's uh, co-written some songs for Madness. He's got a new album coming out, Polly. Did you hear about this? Uh, that he does. Uh, so Nick is regularly sending us little snippets of um, what he's working on and, uh, you know, little previews. And I would strongly encourage everybody to go uh, listen to the new album. Uh, the song that he's featuring off of it first is called The End. Um, a little and it, yeah, A little bit, but, you know, that's <laughs> our boy. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic song. He continues to do great work. Uh, he's really been making the most of this, uh, you know, sort of sort of pandemic lockdown stuff. He's working all the time. So really, really happy to hear that Nick's got new music out. So his new album is called OK, and it's coming out on January 21st. And uh, his work is available on bandcamp.com. So go check it out. Somebody else has a birthday coming up too, Polly. Uh, yeah, who would that be? Chaz Smash. No, that's right. Yes. What so is he? he turns... Is he? Go ahead. I was going to guess. Turned... Oh, go ahead. Uh, 63. 
All right. You're very good. Yeah, he's turning 63 on the 14th. So very, very happy birthday to Mr. Smash. We're, we're hoping. You never know where this makes it makes its way to Spain, and maybe he knows we said happy birthday. But nonetheless, we wish him the best. Is that so where he we, is? He's, he's in Spain? I do believe so, yeah. Oh, in Ibiza. Okay. Um, so I uh, want to give a little bit of background on you know the, the, the idea of the music video, particularly Madness. Music videos. Before, before we do, we got one more item for the communicator. What? We wanted to give a shout out to uh, sevenraggedmen.com. Yeah, our Ian is the uh, gentleman who runs that site, and he updated it recently. He's added uh, some content from Stateside Madness, including uh, our interview with Chrissy Boy and also uh, some of the content from our interview with Steve Martin, who was the, uh, the band's manager. So a uh, big shout out to Seven Ragged Men. It's an awesome website. And, uh, and thank you for the, uh, for the mention. Hey, we got to give a shout out to Donald Troll. We see he's logged in. Donald is our webmaster for statesidemadness.com and uh, our blogger. So he uh, writes a lot of really excellent content for the website. So shout out to you and thanks to everybody else who's logging in. So yeah, let's talk about, this is our episode about Madness Music Videos. What do you know about Madness Music Videos, Polly? Uh, nothing at all. It's going to be a fairly boring live stream. No, uh, so we'll have little bits of tidbits and stuff like that um, for all of it. But, you know, uh, let's kind of reset the clock back a little bit, you know, early 80s. What were videos looking like back then? Well, you know, um, I grew up watching MTV. I am the MTV generation. Polly, I suspect you might be, too. Um, so. August 1st, 1981 was the day that MTV first went on the air. And uh, they opened with the words, ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. And when they started, they didn't have a lot of video content, even though it was supposed to be a 24-hour video music network. Uh, It seemed like they had maybe the same 12 or 15 videos constantly on rotation. You know, there's like live footage of sticks. There was... uh, journey there you know not that there's anything wrong with those bands but you know you can't really make a 24-hour network with that so um they started looking at um content from overseas particularly it british content because the brits had been making videos for a while for uh tv shows like top of the pops so there was a lot of british content that they could very easily uh use on their their network. And so this kind of led to what some uh, music historians would call the second British invasion. You know, like, like, I guess the Beatles and the Stones would have been the first British invasion, right? So this is like the second one. And um, uh, actually, Polly, uh, one of our Stateside Madness members, Megan Ojibwe, uh, she's been on the uh, episode before, uh, or she's been on the episode. She was on our, our fan engagement episode. Sorry, I have cats fighting out of the corner of my eye here. I'm thinking about how I want to break this up. Um, but no, Megan shared with us uh, a couple of MTV promos that included 
our boys. And there's one in particular that I do want to show real quickly here because I think it's really cool. So this was a promo that aired on MTV. It was like a, a station identification, if you will. Some people will go to any length to watch MTV, music television. So, uh, yeah, and, and uh, another thing about uh, the early um, uh, early music videos, uh, everything that really predated MTV, with the exception of what Laurie was talking about with, uh, you know, British television, Top of the Pops and things like that, it was not uncommon for uh, record company A&R men to have bands do videos that would then be sent out to radio stations of all places um, and use this sort of promotional stuff to kind of get the get the wheels going, get the juices flowing for, you know, uh, interest in some of these bands. Um, so anybody, uh, a good example might be of the Alice Cooper I'm 18 uh, video, um, which well, well, well precedes um, MTV. So, you know, that's the sort of stuff they sent out there to just kind of get people interested in the band, get people, uh, you know, add a little context to not um, context to go with along with the sound. Um, so, yeah, there you go. There's a tidbit. I, I ad libbed Lori for you. Very good. Thank you. And I, I managed to lure the cats into the other room. So, um, so as far as madness videos are concerned, um, most early madness videos were filmed on a shoestring budget, uh, usually, uh, filmed by the band themselves. You, most of them were directed by, uh, Dave Robinson of stick stiff records. Um, one exception to that being one step beyond, which was directed by Chuck Statler who's uh, widely regarded as the godfather of music video. Um, he did some early work for Devo, and I think that's how he came to the attention of the band. One way that they really kind of saved money is they, uh, well, they scouted locations themselves, but then they also had not only themselves, but friends of the band in the videos. And so, like, for example, one place where we saw this was in the video for One Step Beyond. Um, there's a number of friends of the band that are in this video. Hey, you! Don't watch that! Watch this! This is the heavy, heavy monster sound! The nuttiest sound around! So if you've come in off the street and you're beginning to feel the heat, well, listen, buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockinest, rock-steady beat of madness! One step Okay. So that was One Step Beyond, which uh, for many people in America was, well, for many people, period, was the first video that, uh, that they ever saw. It's the first proper video that Madness ever actually released. Um, Polly, any thoughts on One Step Beyond on the video? Well, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a classic. Uh, as we count down the top 10, I bet we're going to say that about every one. But, uh, you know, it's uh, from humble beginnings. It's a simple concept for the video um you know it it uh established <clears throat> yeah, there we go uh it establishes uh you know madness as that high energy band 
um, that we've all come to know and love. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's a first great outing. I love it. Um, we had a couple comments as we were playing the video. So Donald's, Donald was making fun of, this was an episode of Beavis and Butthead where they were playing this and Suggs, you know, being the lead singer and uh, Beavis and Butthead are like, so is he going to sing anything? And that's kind of how I felt when I was watching this at first. And then the other thing I got to say too, which is maybe a little bit embarrassing is um, I thought that there were about 20 people in the band madness when I saw this video, because I didn't realize that it, many of these guys in the video uh, were, were not members of the band. Right. So we saw Prince Nutty, we saw Farron, who was the guy in the bed. Uh, it was a little slow putting it on screen. We also had Chalky, who's a friend of the band who was dancing. And then a guy named Tokes was standing behind him. So, um, and this is kind of how, how the band really operated is, is really their, their fans, or their friends were very heavily involved in a lot of this process. So that leads us to our top 10. Here we go. Here we go. So as promised, we're going to count down the top 10 videos that have been chosen by Stateside Madness listeners. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the methodology. This is where, okay, oh, college professor, right? Um, so it was a completely unscientific methodology. We polled users on Twitter and on Facebook, and we asked them, what is your favorite Madness music video? And then I tallied the responses. So what you're going to see now are the top 10 Madness videos as chosen by Stateside Madness uh, listeners. So Polly, want to get us started? All right. At number 10, we've got Drip Fed Fred. Um, it, it bears the distinction as being the first video uh, that the band didn't source out for a director. So they directed that themselves. Um, and, you know, it was a bit of a labor of love, of course. Um, it, uh, they, you know, they brought in Ian Dury to, um, you know, perform on the song and to be in the video. He was uh, not well at that point. Um, so, uh, you really see the band putting forth their, their best for the whole project. Um, it was filmed at an atomic bunker, uh, across from Lee's mums, uh, at a hospital in North London. Uh, Mike Barson's son, Timothy is actually in the video. He's the, the little boy that you'll, you'll see there. Um, the extras, uh, were all recruited from Madness fans. Uh, so that's a nice touch there. Uh, Lee's character, as you'll see in it, um, uh, is a bit of a foreshadowing of what he would go on to do with his persona and crunch, uh, wearing the pancake, literal literal pancake makeup, maybe. Um, I've heard that it was uh, flour that he poured all over himself at one point. Uh, somebody can can uh, check the veracity of that statement. I'm not quite so so sure. And um, and of course, you know the 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 scene. Um, towards the end of the video with them car carrying out Ian Dury in uh, a litter. Uh, a very nice touch and a bit of an homage and sort of, uh, I would say, placing him in his rightful place, uh, the, the austere place and worthy of all their respect. So let us go ahead and watch Drip Fed Freddy. We want Freddy for a leader. Freddy is a man of class. We want Freddy for a leader. Oh, stand, stand and raise your champagne. Gentlemen and assassins and ladies of the night, I call upon you this evening 
in the hope of shedding some light. I can't go into detail or finger unfounded fools, but there are some here amongst us that are not playing to the rules. I've rounded up the lowlife and local CID, offered a free massage or else the third degree. There is no simple solution in this life we lead, so make things easy for yourself to the baronage So that was so cool that they finally got the chance to work with uh, Ian Dury, who is, as we know, one of their inspirations, I guess, to get into music. Polly, you and I did an entire episode about Ian Dury, and uh, it was a really, really good episode. So I recommend to everybody out there, if you haven't already listened to it, uh, listen to our Stateside Madness podcast episode about Ian Dury, because it's really cool. Thoughts about the video? Uh, it's... Um uh not really representative of um you know the work that they had done earlier in their career save for um you know them 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 acting a fool and doing the things they they do pretty much in in every video uh it's uh it's a very clean very professional looking video that they didn't have uh, the resources to do or probably even the knowledge uh back in their very early 80s uh Every video looked like crap back then, really. Uh, but in this video, uh, camera angles are really, really tight. Panning is really good. Uh, you know, there's even seems to be some consideration for, um, uh, you know, color palette and backgrounds and things like that. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a it's a classy looking video. Um, and, but it just happens to have our, our seven guys, uh, you know, acting foolish in it, which you'd want. <laughs> well, you know, you, you make a very good point that, you know, you, you kind of learn by doing and and the band really kind of did all of their own videos for the most part, with a few exceptions. And so by this point in their career, they really were starting to get good at it. And uh, much like uh, a certain podcast that we know that has, you know, still has its hiccups from now and then, but we've kind of been learning as we're going to and the quality is definitely increasing. Um, I do think that that video is notable for one other reason, and that is that's the only video I can think of that the boys have done that actually has a plot that is kind of a narrative from beginning to end where we have, you know, the, this murder that's, you know, and, and the vicar and everything else. I'm really glad that you mentioned um, uh, Crunch because, yeah, Tomo is really pay playing the same character that he played in It's Okay, I'm a Policeman by Crunch. So I urge our listeners to check that video out as well. And you'll, uh, you'll you'll see what we're talking about. Anything else on uh, on on drip fed Fred? I don't think so. Let's move on to number nine. All right. Well, number nine, as chosen by our listeners, is it's a one of my favorites. It must be love. Every 
Okay, so that was number nine as chosen by our listeners. It must be love. So lots of lots of stuff to love in that video. So we've got uh, the band members dressed in different costumes, right? We have, uh, I think it's Woody uh, dressed as a bird and Lee as a bee. Bless you and bless me. Bless the bees and the birds. Um, the There's a real interesting story about the, the swimming pool scenes. So I guess uh, originally the idea was Lee's. Lee wanted to like do a backflip into a pond, but then it ended up looking like crap. So they did it in the swimming pool. And then, you know, Chris was not one to be outdone by Lee. So Chris said, okay, now I want to play the guitar in the pool. And I guess he kept floating up. So they actually had to put bricks in his pockets to weigh him down. And then the other story about that is because they really were on a shoestring budget, they used rented instruments. And when they got the guitar out of the water and they, they tried drying it off with, with a hairdryer, and I guess the neck of it became totally bent. But um, uh, Dave uh, Robinson still tried to return it to the store for a refund. That's, uh, that, that's how cheaply made things were. Um, Polly, what do you think of It Must Be Love? Uh, well, it's one of their better uh, directed, better produced videos. Uh, you know, at least they appear to have done it on a soundstage. Camera quality is good. Nice to have um, the cameo from um, uh, Labby Sifra there. And, uh, you know, it's it's altogether good video. It shows they put some effort in. Uh, you know, Chaz is... Um, uh, Paul Stanley-esque uh, uh, heart-shaped uh, makeup over his eye. Um, a nice effort, but that to me always came off looking like a pound puppy in a top hat with a. Um, well, oh, see wait, now, wait, wait. I thought that was. I thought I thought it was hot. I thought it was well, hot, but <laughs> we we register different on oh, the hot meter, I guess. Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> No, yeah. uh, you know, a fine video, good effort, a great, you know, great song. It takes a lot to get me to like a love song. Um, and, uh, you know, it's 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 one of their better songs, one of their better videos. What's not to love? Cool. All right. What's uh, what's next on our list, Polly? Number eight? Uh, number eight's Cardiac Rest. It's another uh, Dave Robinson-directed video, as many of these are going to be. Um, and, you know, so it's... Uh, it's um, uh, a, a bit of a literal take on the theme of the song. It's got Chaz as you know the the sensible uh, you know middle aged businessman and and the whole bit like that. And uh, again, you know the band just hamming things up on a bus. So let's let's take a watch. Cardiac arrest. Wow. So um, 
tell us about the video, Polly. Well, uh, you know, a, a couple of, uh, I don't know whether you call them glitchy things, maybe fortuit, fortuitous, maybe kismet, but, uh, uh, you know, the scene with uh, Carl coming out of the building, uh, they actually had to pay like $50 to some homeowner to have a shot of Carl coming out of the front door. Um, you know, as they're, as they're going around on the bus, uh, it's, it seems that people mistook it for a real bus and uh, they actually ended up picking up a couple of passengers. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's the interesting bit there. Um, you know, something else interesting, too, is I, I know that Chris Foreman had said that there's actually a second video of the band performing the song, but that never got used. So I'm very curious to to see what that video would be. And, uh, you know, if it's even still out there, I mean, it might be it lost. Is, yeah. It might be lost. May, po so. Possibly, yeah. But, you know, it, it was them, uh, you know, getting uh, getting their acting on, as it were, kind of. Uh, I, maybe not all the band. Carl had said, you know, it was his first real jab at acting. And uh, it was good to see him in a, a little bit of a John Waters uh, mustache there. So that was nice. Yeah. Uh, what do we have for number seven, Lori? Oh, well, number seven is another favorite video for us at uh, Stateside Madness. It's... Nightboat to Cairo. Or betters at the end there can't hold his liquor. Uh, the the story is that uh, right before they started filming this video, the boys had just received their gold record for absolutely, and supposedly all of their rucksacks were completely filled with beer. So uh, they had been celebrating when they filmed this, and I think that that kind of adds to the charm of the video. Holly, what do you think of Night Out to Cairo? Oh, well, it's probably their most iconic video, maybe aside from Our House. Um, you know, uh, they've gotten thousands, hundreds of thousands to, of fans to go out and buy red fezzes. I mean, <laughs> it, I it, have it, one. It, yeah, I have one too. It established a look for them. So, um, you know, it's, it's uh, not many videos, I think, can claim, can claim that. Yeah. So, and yeah. it, it it's it's laughably low budget, and again, I think that adds to the charm. Um, it was filmed in a South London studio in front of a green screen, as you can obviously tell. Mike Barson has said that this was actually supposed to be a serious video. Yeah, how did that work out for you? But uh, oh, and and that dog at the end—that's actually Dave Robinson from Stiff Records. That's his dog. Just kind of charged through the set, and they left it in. So, um, but yeah, for being so low budget. Uh, it is definitely a fan favorite and one that I think has stood the test of time. So what's next, Polly? 
So uh, we've got uh, one better day. Uh, break from Mr. Robinson. They have uh, Nigel Dick directing this one. Uh, let's take a look at One Better Day. time favorite madness song so good holly what do you think of that video well it, it's a fantastic video uh thematically they really really hit it on the head there was a little bit of you know the du boys mucking about but um really uh other than that very concise um right to the point uh almost seamless the whole way through um you might even call it artful. I, I really think it was a fantastic video. Absolutely. And um, so you mentioned Nigel Dick. So he's a, a he was an employee of Stick, Stiff Records. I don't know why I keep saying Stick Records. Stiff Records. Um, the band wanted to release this song as a single, but Stiff Records knew that they were leaving. Right. This is right uh, right around the time that their contract with Stiff was ending. So Stiff didn't want to pay for a video. So the band financed it themselves. They brought Nigel Dick in. And it was also the first time the band really wanted to do a more serious video. And reportedly, Nigel was just absolutely horrified because he thought, oh my gosh, you know, these these guys, this is the Nutty Boys, and now they want to do something serious and I'm going to be the one that's going to ruin it. You know, he was absolutely horrified. Mike Barson had also left the band by then, but the, they flew... Mike in specifically for the video. And I'm glad that they did. I think he does add a nice touch to it. Uh, we saw uh, the bag lady in the video is Suggs's wife, Anne, a.k.a. Betty Bright. We also saw a little cameo from Hector Walker, who uh, worked for the band, Suggs's cousin. We did interview Hector in a previous episode. That was a really, really good episode. Hector is a, a friend of the podcast as well. Um, am I Am I leaving anything out? Oh, I don't believe so. Not so. Well, okay. You Actually, yes, I do have one other thing. So um, <laughs> that scene where Suggs was uh, lying in the middle of the street with, with the blanket. Apparently he looked so much like a street person that the police officer didn't recognize him and was uh, um, giving him a hard time. And, you know, for, for lying down in the middle of the street, you know, come on, move along. Apparently the officer didn't see the TV cameras either. But, uh, oh, and then one other scene I do want to comment on, that scene where Lee is kind of coming down the escalator, you know, where he's lying on his back. Beautiful, beautiful shot. But, man, I would not want to be the person lying on an escalator because I have seen, especially in subways, I have seen the kind of things that people do on escalators, and it's disgusting. So um, I would not want to be him, but you know what? It was worth it, I think, for the art. It was worth it for the shot because it was a really, really good shot. That it was. 
And with that, that ought to bring us to number five. What's at number five, Lori? Number five, as chosen by our listeners, is Lovestruck. Staggering home, the headlights throw a shadow up and upon friends and loved ones that have done no wrong, but no longer mean anything to me. Oh, am I mumbling on into a crystal glass that echoes a song? The enticement invites you along a path of exterior. But come the morning, shivering and contorting to border on the brink for just another sinkhole. Love struck. What do you think, Polly? Any thoughts? Uh, well, like our friend Donald mentioned there, it's their great comeback song and video from the wonderful era. And uh, I'd like to point out Chrissy Boy in his Ain't It Wonderful look, possibly the <laughs> best look for our boy. Uh, yeah, uh, no, a fantastic video. Um, if we're going to rank it on quality, like we have with some of the others, it's right up there. Yeah. Definitely well produced. Uh, it's got everything you want in a madness video. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, shot in King's Cross. Um, I, I particularly liked. So we had Mike as the devil and Suggs as one shoulder, and Woody as the angel on the other. We had Lee as the worm in the bottom of the tequila, and um, then of course we had that whole hippie thing. Now I think there was some very clever word wordplay there. You know, loves truck, love truck love yeah but uh other than that I, I i'm like that seemed really out of place the the, the weird hippy dippy stuff but um you know it's it, the, the song is an ode to getting so drunk <laughs> that you're professing your love to a lamppost and i think that the the themes of the video really kind of bore that out um one thing worth mentioning too uh chris has said in uh in a dvd commentary that the band had this saying, it's your funny. And I guess he said they borrowed it from Monty Python. But the idea was if somebody came up with something clever or funny to do in a video, they're the one that had to do it. It's your funny. You have to do it. So I suspect that, you know, some of the, the gags that we saw in that video with, you know, the guys under the bed and uh, the, the fighting scenes, right? We had uh, Chaz and Chrissy fighting in the rain and, and stuff like that. I suspect if, if that holds true, that they were probably the ones that came up with that idea. And I'm rambling. Should we move That's on? That's all right. Uh, we should, but the, the the video actually reminded me something. I hadn't, um, hadn't actually poured Suggs a beer, so bear with me one minute. And uh, while I do this, maybe we could move on to, um, uh, what's next? Wings of a Dove. For the wings of a dove. Whoa, whoa. For the wings of a dove. Whoa, whoa. For the wings of a dove. 
of a dove. That was number five. No, four. That number was number four. four. Yeah. We're getting out of there. Yeah. So um, that was filmed at Blackbush Airfield in Surrey. And uh, we saw the Pentecostal choir. And I guess they all said a, a group prayer before they filmed the video, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So that, that van in the final sequence, uh, I know that Dave Robinson purchased that footage. That was from a, a French TV commercial. And uh, purchased it at, at very high expense because he wanted to use it for Tomorrow's Just Another Day. And they didn't use it for that video. So that entire video, that whole scene at the end was pretty much created for that particular um, uh, footage. And, you know, with the boys in the van. And I don't know where that vulture came from, that stuffed vulture. That was a little nutty. Um, and I cut you off. I apologize. What were you going to say? No, that's Okay. Uh, you you finished my thought, as it were. Uh, only one more note, really, on the video. Uh, John Mills uh, received uh, an award for art direction and editing on the video. So probably for including the van scene in it, the high-paced kind of frenetic cutting and uh, editing of the song, too, I would imagine. A lot of takes in that video. A lot, a lot of takes. Yeah. You know, another thing about the, the video, I, I know you're ready to go on, Polly, but um, the steel drums, <laughs> I love I love the steel drums in the plane, but you know that would not happen nowadays because they would never be able to get that through the metal detectors. Unless it was their, uh, what's what's the word people are using for getting their uh, pets on the plane? Oh, Is um, there emotional support? Emotional steel support, drums. steel drums. Yeah, we'll have Fair to try. We'll, we'll, we'll try that when we start uh, going to our, our Madness Tour dates, and we'll see if they'll let us do that. Um, we will. Yeah. Okay, so. You, you first. Well, uh, what's first. number three? What's number three? Number three. three? Number three. Uh, well, it is another one of my favorites. It's one that I saw on MTV all the time. Uh, that would be, as I'm pulling it up here, House of Fun. a good one house of that fun that roller coaster at the end it reminds me i don't know if you're familiar with um home star runner it's a, an online web cartoon and there was an amusement park and there was a ride called the bowels of trogdor trogdor being the, the burninator and there was a ride that just went around and around in circles like that and that's what that reminds me of <laughs> and and maybe one of our listeners knows what i'm talking about <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Betters was not a real fan of the roller coaster, as it turns out. 
Uh, I, I'm with you there, Mark. Uh, it would not be my thing. You can't get me on one of those. Um, but the, uh, you know, the amusement park uh, in the video, uh, that was in uh, Great Yarmouth. Uh, I believe Lee had some familial connection or maybe friends of the family that allowed the boys in to film in the park. Um, and uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, making uh, the best of what they can, being resourceful lads as they were. Lori, do you have anything else about House Fun? Well, um, I know in the, the pharmacist shop, um, the, the girl behind the counter was actually very short and Suggs is very tall. So they had to get her um, what they call an apple cart or apple cart, apple crate to stand on so that she would kind of be above Suggs because in the song, he's supposed to be a 16-year-old kid. Um, Chris has said that just about everything that they used for, or everything they filmed rather for this video got used. Nothing ended up on the cutting room floor, which might explain I, what is that part with the Mad Hatter and the, the three gremlins? What, where, I don't understand that. That's the only part I don't yeah, get. I, I don't know that I, that I do either really. Yeah. And the hairdresser scene, um, that was apparently a, a guy named Anastasi that the guys knew when, uh, when they were first coming up. And um, Donald had thrown into chat that uh, Chrissy Boy looks at home as a pharmacist. I think he looks really at home as a hairdresser. He had that whole kind of hairdresser vibe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember seeing this video as a kid when I was growing up on... Um, on MTV and I just loved when this video came on everything about it just seemed so cool you know these guys they seem so cool I wanted to go to an amusement park and hang out with these guys yeah it's probably them at their most natural maybe not you know that they were unnatural in anything else maybe the most fitting maybe that's uh that's how I would phrase it better but moving on we've got something that fits them, I would say, the best probably of all. And it's the video of the best Madness song ever. It's Baggy Trousers. Naughty boys in nasty schools and masters breaking all the rules Having fun and playing fools Smashing up the woodwork tools All the teachers in the pub Passing men are ready rough Trying not to think of when the lunchtime bell will ring again Oh, what fun we had trousers is is there really anything better i i say no um so that was filmed at the islip street school in camden camden town sorry my apologies i happen to work in a town called camden but of course the section of london is camden town my apologies i get confused easily um, so, uh, you'll see, uh, somebody, uh, actually, I guess we had pointed out Chaz's rubber hand in that. You have to look close, but it is there. Um, and of course the very iconic scene now reproduced many, many times in many different types of media of, uh, of Lee on the wire flying around the schoolyard. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great visual 
it adds something to what would have otherwise been the band um, uh, standing in a playground and not doing uh, much more than the lip syncing. Uh, it's a great distraction to see him floating through the background. And, you know, they were very, very smart in the directing of the video to include so much footage of the kids on the playground and in the school. Uh, because thematically, it would have been very, very hard to have a bunch of young men in their 20s trying to convey the entirety of the message of what it's like to be uh, kids roughhousing in school. So that was a great, great element of the video. Uh, Lori, what else you got about baggy trousers? Well, I know that that whole thing with, with Lee up on the wire uh, on the crane, that was actually inspired by uh, a Peter Gabriel concert. I guess mm -hmm. Lee and I think Chris went to see Peter Gabriel and Peter did this thing, you know, being larger than life at the time, you know, where he was going up over the crowd on a wire. And that's where the inspiration came from. Chris also said uh, that he thought that uh, they left Tomo up there for a while and went to the pub. I don't know if that's true, but uh, that's what he said. Yeah, great, great, iconic video. Absolutely. Um, and that leaves us, uh, as uh, Maria pointed out in chat, that leaves us with one song to go. We already have some people that are guessing in the uh, in, in the comments. It's it's but... not the sweetest girl. I'm I'm sorry about that. It didn't make the top ten. I've got no idea. I can't imagine really what it might be. Well, let's find out. Okay. Sighing in her sleep Brother's got a date to keep you cottoning around Our house In the middle of our street Our house In the middle of our Our house Here we go Our house was the number one video Chosen by Stateside Madness listeners um, So many things to say about our house Holly, I see you got your beer there, so uh, I'll, uh, I'll... Suggs wasn't <laughs> drinking his beer, so... So you got to drink it for him. I gotcha. It's not, not um, like our boy. Yeah. So we saw at the very beginning there, I don't know if anybody noticed it, um, the little intro before the video, we actually had Hector Walker again. So Hector, again, friend of the podcast, Suggs's cousin, former employee of the band, and he's the one, it, when Chaz is saying at the beginning, have you seen our house? Hector points and says, yeah, it's over there, mate. That's Hector Walker. Um, most of the exterior shots were filmed on Station Road in London. The interior shots were shot in a mansion that was owned by a Playboy Casinos executive. And apparently it was the uh, first jacuzzi in England. I don't know how true that is, but uh, interesting if it's true. Um, what else you got? Uh, not a lot. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt it's very meaningful to... Uh... Uh, every Madness fan, but American Madness fans in particular, it's very likely the first video of the band that uh, many American fans saw. Um, and, you know, it's not lost on me that there's a, a very Monty Python-esque uh, vibe there. Monty Python was oh, yeah. 
resurgent again in the United States at about that time. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's one we've all come to know and love. Uh, I really, really am a fan of um, Chris's guitar solo hmm. in the song. Uh, you know, Chris is not, uh, you know, well, the band, I would say, I suppose, doesn't do the patent formula of a guitar solo in every song. Chris doesn't have a great deal of them. And if you remember from um, our interviewing him at one point, he had said, you know, if I didn't put a guitar solo in there, Lee was just going to play another sax solo. So I felt I had to do something. And of course, in the video, he pays homage to a few different periods that would have influenced him or, or you know, uh, kids his age in general, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s glam rock, which I'm going to go ahead and take a stab and say that he's paying tribute to um, Slade's Dave Hill. And we know that he is a fan of Slade and um, has mentioned before that Dave Hill, uh, uh, you know, his fondness for Dave Hill's guitar playing style. So that's my take on it. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and, and you might remember, Polly, when we interviewed Chris, I confessed to him when I was a kid watching this video, I didn't realize that all three of those periods in the guitar solo were him. I thought they were three different people. Um, so and he, he kind of had a little bit of a laugh at my expense and he's like, oh, it's just costumes, isn't it? Um, but, you know, I, I mean, come on. I mean, I was young. I didn't know any better. And that video was just such a, a, a formative part of my childhood. You just really have no idea. My um, my siblings and I, we used to act out scenes from the video, like the the kind of the Flintstones looking scene where Lee is the mom gets locked out and is pounding on the door. And we perfected that salt shaker slide across the table. We practiced it so much. We had to get it just right. You know? So, I mean, this video is very, very close to my heart. I did not make the connection though, until I was watching Chaz's commentary. Uh, there's one scene where he's dancing a little bit weird and he's actually uh, channeling Kevin Rowland from Dexy's Midnight Runners and kind of doing the same dance that uh, Kevin did on um, on the Young Ones. So he's, he, he even kind of says he's paying homage to Kevin there. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, for, for American Madness fans, I mean, that's the one song that everybody knows. If I'm wearing a Madness shirt or a Madness pin or something... And somebody says, madness, what's madness? And I just start humming our house. Oh yeah. You know, every, every American knows the song, our house. That is, that is madness. So that was the top 10 is chosen by our listeners. Now, Polly and I also chose a couple other videos that maybe weren't included in our top 10, but are our personal favorites. So Polly, do you want to tell us what one of your favorites that was not on the countdown was sure so um i thought nw5 uh baird mention you know uh one just being uh you know uh, probably one of the more prominent songs on liberty of norton fullgate but uh you know it's a it's a great concept for the video
footage from the Dare Wixer movie um, and you know it's a it's a classy video all the way around and you know a, a fairly important song in their catalog too I would say so uh, I definitely wanted to um, make sure it was noted although it's not necessarily well known particularly probably for American fans I do love the video for NW52. It's got such just a good energy to it, just watching it. Um, there's one scene in the video that uh, they have up on the screen, Lee in a tutu. And that is actually from another video. That is from, I believe it's from the video for Sorry, isn't it? I With think Lee so, yeah. Yeah. But no, that was a good choice, Polly. That was a really, really good choice, NW5. So um, one that I was kind of disappointed was not in the, the top 10 was the video for The Sun and the Rain. But uh, the, the part that I, I love the most is I think the fan involvement at the end where they really just got a group of fans together and they're all singing in the rain together. And I love that. I, I've often said that once I figure out the secret to time travel, I'm going to travel back in time and I'm going to be in the crowd in that video. So every once in a while, I'll watch it. I'll watch it every once in a while just to see if I suddenly appear in the crowd because then I'll know that I figured out the secret of time travel. But no, there's other cool stuff in that video too. You know, we have Lee with the rocket strapped to his back, which was um, uh, Fireball XL5, right? Which was the, the B side of the single, I believe. I'm trying to think what else is going on in the video. So we have, uh, um, for a while, we're looking into Suggs's head, right? We see what's going on inside his head. Um, I don't know, you got anything else on uh, on The Sun and the Ring? No, uh, I think it's a fantastic uh, video. Um, probably more uh, noteworthy just for the great song it is itself. Um, I really think it's up there in the pantheon of great madness songs. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's got that sound. Um, it's got the vibe. It's a definitely Hallmark Madness, but uh, poignant as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's really up there as one of their best works. So there's nothing to not like about the video because of that. Cool. So what was your second video that, uh, that you chose that was not in our top 10? So I picked Dust Devil 
uh, again, um, I thought Norton Fulgate really needed, uh, you know, more representation uh, because at the time this is really uh, the band post reunion um, and really kind of on the top of their game and one of their most important albums. There's, there's not a lot to um, not like about that. Uh, it's got Alfie Allen in it, Lily Allen's brother, and of course, Reek from Game of Thrones. Uh, it's got Jamie Winstone in it, who is the daughter of Ray Winstone. Um, and it's a very, um, it's very modern, but also very nostalgic uh, video of just two young kids um uh you know finding you know uh discovering each other i don't know how to phrase that it sounds weirder than it needs to but you know the, the sort of the initial uh probably following in love part of the romance and um them running around like lunatics and that's the entirety of the video it features a lot of the uh gopro style um uh, POV perspective sort of camera stuff. Uh, you know, after decades of decades of people working on developing the steady cam, at about that time, people just started putting a camera on anything. And if it if it shakes and it spins and you can't focus, um, whatever. And that's kind of a bit of the style of the video. Uh, so in that respect, it was a, a bit different, different for the time, certainly very different uh, in terms of a madness video. It's not the band, it's those two kids. Would you believe it? I've never actually seen the video that you're talking about. What the f <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably probably gonna bleep that. Um I no, I mean I know the 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 song from um from the Liberty of Norton Fulgate, the, the film. And that's what I thought that you were referring to. So now what you're describing, I'm like Okay, I'm gonna go as soon as we're done here. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna watch it on. It's hopefully on YouTube. I'm gonna go watch. Yeah, it. you'll you you'll love it. You'll love All it. Right. Go take a look. All right. Well, um, the last video for me that I think is notable was waiting for the ghost train. Train that never comes 
Chasing the tumbleweeds across the sandy floor I drift along the platform through the ticket office door Waiting for the train that never comes So um, this one was directed by John Mills, and uh, people will remember it, I think, probably for the, the suits that the band wearing, right? They're wearing these uh, suits that are covered with headlines uh, from South Africa, because the song is about apartheid and South Africa. Um, it's also kind of a bittersweet video because it really was the band's farewell. This was 86. This was when they were breaking up and they knew they were breaking up and and i see you're getting a little teary-eyed there polly it's okay it's all right <laughs> i'm falling asleep <laughs> oh <laughs> but uh there's uh there's a few other things that are going on there in the video there's a, a cameo from john hassler at the very end which i thought was very appropriate since he was one of the original members of the band and then the band's first manager so he kind of you know introduced the band in the very beginning of their career and now here it is and they're ending and now here's john hassler again kind of bookending that part of their career very nicely uh, there's also uh, a bit with lee jumping out of uh, a plane and, you know, at first when I saw this, I thought this can't actually be Lee. Uh, I thought that this has to be a stunt person. The part where you can tell he actually is jumping out of a plane, because then there's a part later where it's very clearly green screen. But uh, I did a little bit of digging and I found out that Lee actually had uh, been parachuting and he was really pushing the band to include something about them jumping out of planes. And I guess um, for wings of a dove that's kind of what he had wanted to do and instead they went with the van idea so i don't know for a fact but i 95 percent certain that that actually is lee jumping out of that plane because that was something that he was into around that time yeah i think it is is it and you, you know you can tell have you ever been have you ever been parachuting Polly? oh there's no way i'll do that no oh oh i did it it was i I loved it. Now I did a tandem jump. I didn't do a solo jump like Lee did, but you can kind of tell he's got the toy saxophone and he's trying to play it. But I, I think um, the the updraft and, and all the, the, the wind and stuff like that, it just kind of pulls his arms away from him and he can't keep it up. So I think that's probably why they then did the green screen of him playing. Um, but oh yeah you know I, I only did it once but oh my gosh it was amazing and my poor grandmother was a nervous wreck at home until i called her to let her know that i was safely on the ground i guess she was she had her rosary beads out and she'd been praying until i actually called her <laughs> but it was pretty amazing and i love the video finally we have also in the video there's another dog right there was that dog in uh, night boat to cairo well the dog in this video is actually lee's dog so um and I'm talking too much. So what can what do you think of uh, waiting for the ghost train? Anything? Well, it's, it's uh, one of my favorite, uh, you know, singles, uh, you know, individual standalone works that they've they've ever done, really. Uh, I love it for being, uh, you know, uh, a great standalone piece for madness. Um, I love that uh, they managed to pull it off when uh, pretty much all was said and done at that point. They knew they were breaking up. Um, and yet they went ahead and did a very meaningful, very heartfelt piece of music. Now, if they had done that meaningful, heartfelt music and it sucked, 
um, I wouldn't be here talking about it. Neither would you probably. But it's just yeah. a fantastic song. It's oh, yeah. really, really great. And visually, uh, you know, the video works so, so well. Um, I couldn't be hap more happy with it. I mean, it's it's a fantastic video. You know, something else worth noting about the video, too, at the very beginning, there's Chaz in a wig. And um, I didn't realize, you know, being an American, but apparently there's uh, a, a television test pattern in Britain. And there's this test pattern girl, and that's what she looks like, where, you know, it, it, they just kind of reproduce that. I mean, I, I over here, the test pattern that I, I'm accustomed to was the, uh, the Native American, the Indian head, sure, sure, right? Yeah. And this was kind of their equivalent of that. But, you know, I gotta say, I, uh, Chaz is kind of hot in that wig. I'm just saying. <laughs> you, you seem to have a lot of reasons why Chaz is hot. But um, <laughs> yeah, so the, and I forget what they call it, what they refer to as um, tic-tac-toe. What we call tic-tac-toe is crosses and some other friggin' thing. But huh. um, but yeah, that uh, that little strange test pattern and that woman uh, usually has like a puppet or something with her, I think. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Uh, so yeah, another sort of like almost like a little a, a bonus uh, Easter egg sort of thing in the video, which I like. Right. I right, like right. to see people do more of that. All right. Well, so that's it for the uh, the four videos that Polly, you and I would would have liked to see added to the top 10. I, I you know, I don't necessarily agree with the way everything was ranked. But, you know, again, this was our, our listeners that came up with it, it. True. It's not it's not about us. It's it's for right. all the states I've madness. Right. But, you know, if our house, Baggy Trousers and House of Fun hadn't been in there, I think we would have all called foul. That's right. We wouldn't yeah. have done the episode. Yeah. So um, we have some additional bonus content for our listeners, right? This was also not in the video podcast. Polly, tell us about uh, what we're about to listen to with your interview. Okay. So uh, people are familiar with the madness sphere, the madness universe um, are probably already familiar with the specialized project. If you're not familiar with the specialized project, uh, they've been putting out a lot of ska uh, and reggae uh, centric music, uh, all based around the project of doing it, um, based around the idea of doing it for, for charity. So they've drawn in a lot of people, everybody does their thing, they put out some CDs and some albums, it's just fantastic stuff. Everybody gets very excited when they hear something's coming out. So during the course of the pandemic, when people were stuck at home, the Specialized Project kind of got a group of people together called the Lockdown All-Stars. Now, I'm not going to hint too much at who's in it, but our friend, Gary Skirfield, um, Mr. Skirf, if you're familiar, um, he is a big part of that. And I talked to him um, earlier on today. It would have been five o'clock in the morning for you, Lori, so that's why I did it solo. Um, <laughs> okay. Thank you. So You're welcome. So uh, he's going to lay out everything about the production of the song, how it came about, all the players, and a little bit about the video as well. So when we end today, we're going to be listening to the Lockdown All-Stars in their cover of the Queen classic, I Want to Break Free. And of course, there's one Madness member on this project too, right? Don't give it away. All but right. Yeah, all right. Uh, if, if you can, watch the video. And uh, we'll have everything explained by our friend, Mr. Scurf. All right. So before we play this great interview that you've done, 
Um, let's uh, let's give our listeners a hint for what we're going to do in two weeks. So in two weeks, we are going to be doing Madness at the Movies. And Lori, explain a little bit just what's at the heart of that. All right. So we're doing some research into uh, notable instances where madness songs have been used in Hollywood movies. Some of them are probably pretty well known and some of them are maybe a little bit more obscure. And we're going to talk about um, those films and how these songs were used. And uh, Polly, I've already given you a little bit of homework. Uh, I know I, I sent you a DVD. Now we'll, we'll talk about what became of that DVD when we do the episode. But um, so that should be a really interesting episode because um, there, there have been a number of, of movies where madness songs have uh, have played a role so that should be a good episode so that's coming up in two weeks so uh january what 2023rd something like that 24th 23rd. Well, really, you'll have to refer to it in the chris Quaffian calendar or i can't make any sense of it oh okay well uh that would be uh still in lockdown chris <laughs> sure we'll, okay. we'll we'll add a new era uh, okay. fantastic well that brings us to the end of this episode Lori. yes it does all right well listen to the interview and then uh we'll see you in two weeks there we go thanks so much all right goodbye for me and goodbye for me go get a beer stateside madness after you listen to the interview <laughs> after you listen to the interview all right stateside madness and we are here with Mr. Scurf. And Mr. Scurf is going to talk a little bit about um, the Lockdown All-Stars, uh, the video they've made, and uh, we're going to be presenting it here uh, to end off our episode. So if you would, Mr. Scurf, please do tell our folks how you got involved. Oh, we're going to tip the USA by storm here. <laughs> yeah, um, hello, just just a brief introduction anyway. Um, so I know there are listeners in the States who tune in on a Wednesday night, whatever time it is in your part of the world, God knows. But um, firstly, thank you to all you guys who tune in. I've been I've been doing radio for about 10 years now um, on a, a community radio station up here in the northeast of England, right on the coast, called Coast Radio. We broadcast over an area of about half a million population, so we've got quite a good reach. Um, and I'll come out of the project very soon, but um, radio is exciting, it's really good. And I've been doing um, a Wednesday night show for donkey's years called Mr. Skip's Coast Trend. Uh, basically, it's all themed around ska, reggae, two tone, punk, and the rest of it's just random nonsense and me gibbering on about nothing. But, but it's always a laugh and we have a good time. But Lockdown All-Stars, yes, what a project this has been. It's been an absolute pleasure dealing with this. Um, yeah, Mr. Willow, uh, who is the founder of Specialized Project and lead singer with the Scapoons, uh, has been a great friend of mine uh, for many, many years, uh, since I probably attended their first ever gig many years ago in the Newcastle area. And I've done little bits here and there to help him promote Specialized Projects, which is a project um, which raises money for Teenage Cancer Trust and youth music projects and some other charitable organizations. Now, over the last 10 years, they've been producing an album every year. They started off uh, with a cover version 
album of specials tracks. And what basically what it is to put the word out in lots of bands from around the UK, around the world, as far as Mexico and all over the place, uh, do cover versions of specific bands or themes and send them over a specialized project and they create an album. And that's about the top and bottom of it. And uh, yeah, Mr. Willow got in touch with me last January to say, look, Scurf, what um, we're going to be putting the theme out for the next uh, specialized album very soon. And we're going to be calling it Viva Songs of Freedom. So he says, could you start putting the word out to your associates, people you know in the music world, to see if any of them want to contribute towards the album? And during the conversation, I says to Paul, I says, look, I says, we're pretty much locked down at the minute. Uh, I said, I've had a bit of a bit of an idea. The cogs and the head were going round and around, you see. I says, why don't I pull something together for the radio station and try and pull a few people in and do a cover version ourselves? And see, see how we go. He says, well, if you can do that and do a decent MP3, decent track, he says, we'll have it on the album, absolutely no problem. I thought, champ, here we go. Let's have some fun with this. So I spoke to my producer that night and he said, you're mad. And I says, well, <laughs> there we go. But a um, few conversations. Um, we've got some musicians at Coast Radio, so I had a chat with some of them. He said, we can do it. We can do it all remotely. It isn't a problem. I've got a a colleague of mine there, the radio station, says, I've got a studio, we can use that to put down vocals, whatever we need to do. If you need any help with mixing or, you know, producing the track, I can do that. I says, wait, I says, I've, I've done it. I've actually recorded a single before for the uh, England football team. It wasn't a, an official song, but uh, I worked with a producer down in Cornwall, down, down the south of London, called Andy Keys Clock. Uh, he's, he's, really, he's, he's an excellent producer. He's... He produces his own music. He's worked with lots of different bands. So I gave Andy a call and uh, put, run the idea past him. And he says, you give me two weeks and I'll have you like a bedding track, what's called a bedding track, which is like a, a bass track of the song. So he took away Queen's version of I Want to Break Free. And he broke it right down and created like a bit of a scar riff that runs along the bottom of it. And sent that back up. And now listen to it. That's phenomenal. I says, I even know, just by listening to what he's done, I know where the vocals kick in. So I went away with Jason, one of our other volunteers. He's a, he's a musician, very famous in Sweden and Switzerland, but not so famous in the UK. Weird, but it is what it is. So I went to his studio, and we um, we wrote all the lyrics down on paper so that we follow them, and uh, we recorded a couple of what we call guide tracks, just to help us build the track up bit by bit. So we did that and we mixed it when we were there and listened to it back. And we're thinking, effing hell, we've done a brilliant job. It just actually sounds good. <laughs> so, well, no matter, let's go with that. Let's keep the bass track and the vocal track separate and send that all back down to Andy. And uh, so we sent that back down to Andy Keys Clark and he says, can we use that vocal? I says, well, it's my voice if you want to. You know, Jason put a bit on as well. He says, yeah, he says, it works absolutely perfect. We'll use it. So, so suddenly I become the vocalist for the band. So that was mixed in. And then um, I had a, I often have uh, chats with Mr. Chris Foreman, who's a guitarist over Madness. Uh, he's been a friend of mine for God, years and years. I've known his family for years and years. And he's got family up here in the Northeast, who I know really well. And uh, so I rings Chris and we were having a chat. And I got talking about, uh, we were talking about lockdown in the band and how he's feeling and things like that and what he's been up to. And we did some interviews on the radio. 
just you know, so you could tell everyone how bored he was sitting in his uh, greenhouse in the garden trying to grow vegetables. <laughs> and, um, I suggested to him that, would you be available to help us out with this project? He says, well, what do you want us to do? I says, well, if I send you a bass track with some vocal mixed in, would you be able to have a go at putting a layer of guitar down to it? Uh, yeah, straight away. Yes, absolutely, Skip, not a problem. I'll do anything to help you out. So I sent it down and uh, there we go, Chrissy Boy forming out madness. And I'm mind blown, you know, brilliant. So that came back. Um, the guitar track came back, sent it off to the producer, mixed it all in. He says, we've got it first time. Yeah, he says, that's absolutely perfect. So um, we followed that up with a, um, we'd had a conversation with Jim Patterson from Dexy's Midnight Runners by then, because we decided we might uh, try and add a bit of grass into it, just to bolster the track, to give it a bit of meat. And uh, Jim Patterson famously wrote the track Come On Alien with Kevin Rowland, very famous Dexy's Midnight Runners song. And I've, I've performed with Jim before in the past, so he knows me. Um, he was in a band called Yurang Matang. And I remember I, I once got up and um, did some buzzcocks, buzzcocks tracks with him, did some vocals on at a festival in the Northeast. So Jim actually went away and put some trombone down for the track and sent that off and came back down to us, mixed it into the track. And Andy Keith Clark was getting a bit excited by now. He says, we're actually producing something here, which is sounding top quality. <laughs> Again, mind blown. Uh, so Andy says, do you know anybody who could potentially add some further brass to the track um, just so we could basically create a virtual brass section? So I spoke to uh, a lad called Bobby Blenko, who's from the, I think he's from the Royal Queen's, um, the Royal Queen's performing, whatever, you know, they've got their band. And he's, uh, he's a serving, he serves in the armed forces. Um, I think I might be wrong on that bit. But he's also does session musician work. He's done a bit of work um, with AK, the syndicate down south, but he more regularly plays with a band called The Launchers, who many people who've been to the House of Fun Weekenders will have seen The Launchers uh, performing live. Uh, phenomenal band, really good. So I spoke to Bobby and explained the project. And again, he says, I've got nothing to do. He says, send it down and I'll record some trumpet to put over the top. And he came back, he says, Steve, he says, what? He says, Dave Roy Smith out the band. I says, yeah, he plays saxophone, yeah. He says, can I come along and play with us as well? Can we record the sax? I says, fill your boots. I says, that is brilliant. I said, so that all came back. And before you knew it, we had a full brass section mixed into the track. And uh, it just built from there. We had um, some further vocal from a couple of volunteers at Coast Radio. Uh, just to pad the vocals out a bit. And then uh, one of our volunteers um, is a lad called Richie. He's also known as Blind Man B. And he does rap. He's a rap artist. And he's blind, or nearly 100% blind. He suffers from an illness called retinal pigment, pigmentosa. But um, yeah, so yeah, we got him involved. And he, we got him into the studio and gave him the track. And he just freestyled it, unprepared, just freestyled the rap. So when you listen to the track, you'll hear there's a probably a middle eight section where Blind Man Big kicks in and does a bit of a rap. That was just off the cuff. One take. That's all it was, one take. And he, he blew it away. Absolutely superb. So all of it was all there. Andy Keith Clark was uh, mixing it all together and doing his jiggery book. And 
then sent it back to us and we had a listen. Chrissy Boy had a listen and we thought, you know what it is? We, we've got it here. It's done. It's absolutely superb. We love it. Absolutely love the track. And uh, <laughs> and my producer, Mark, added a bit comedy on the end. You'll hear that bit when you listen to the video when I get blown up. Uh, I think I get sick of me vocals and me dressed up as a woman pushing a hula around so I decide I'm better off uh, with 10 ton of dynamite shoved up somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, so that was it. And it came back and we sent it off to uh, Paul Willow at Specialised Projects. And he just came back and he says, how the F have you managed to pull that together? And that was it. That was his win. And I said, well, you not like it? And he says, not like He says, that is absolutely unbelievable. He said, number one, how have you managed to get all these people involved? And number two, how have you managed to coordinate with all these people such a, such a brilliant track? He says, it's going straight on the album, and he says, we want that on. So uh, that was it. And then uh, we had a subsequent conversation with uh, Andy Case Clark. He says, Skiff, I says, what? He says, I've got an animator works with me who does cartooning and bits of videos and stuff like that. He suggested that we're doing a music video. So the same happened. We're starting to do all that remotely, involving everybody. And they all did their little bits at home. I did, I've worked with it. Um, company up here called Look Look Productions for many years who've done video work for businesses for TV and Sky TV and uh, I spoke to Jimmy from there and he says right I'll come down to the studio next Wednesday when you're on air he says just do what you want bring your stuff in we'll do some we'll do some video video takes so that's where we did our bits at the studio a bit outside the studio myself blind man being producer Mark and everybody else just did theirs in their own free time in their own space. You'll see that Chrissy boy from Madness is up in the Magic Loft, where he's doing where he got dressed up in his stage gear with his guitar. So he did his bit in his loft and sent that up to me. And uh, yeah, Jim Patterson in his garden up there in Aberdeen, looking over the hills of his trombone. That's uh, that's brilliant. It's that's that's the story of the video. That's not you know, I'm not going to spoil it for you because I know you're going to see it. So uh, yeah. Any questions, Polly? I think I've probably filled quite a bit there. <laughs> I think I did find Buy it. Buy the album. Specialised project. There you go. 20 quid. And it's all for charity. There you go. And we're somewhere in that list somewhere. But, uh, well done all the bands, by the way, who contributed towards this album. You've done a great thing. So there we go. Absolutely, yes. And uh, the Specialised Project does, does a lot of great work. And I would yeah. encourage everybody to purchase the cd well scurf thank you so much uh we are gonna load up that video and uh a job well done uh uh it must have been um quite intrepid the idea of covering um a queen song uh well it's a covering a queen song especially one written by john deacon uh, yes i mean i was introduced to queen by my father as many people of my tender age i'm in my late 40s now and uh, their parents or dad were probably big queen fans uh he would have been introduced to everybody knows i want to break free everyone knows the words everyone knows the video very famous but it was it's been an absolute pleasure polly absolute pleasure doing this it's uh i've, I've I'm so privileged as well and very lucky to uh be, to have been involved in it so there we go very proud of it
Together, no pain. 